We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. of the Butting Heads podcast on Rams Talk Radio. I'm Steve Barrow. Here with Johnny Gomez, as always. Johnny, it is episode 99 of Butting Heads. Uh, one more till 100. How you feeling? I'm excited, man. I, I think we got a pretty good show lined up for number 100. So uh, stay tuned, guys. Yeah, fun, uh, fun show coming up. I, I did mention it on Twitter, but for the non-Twitter users, I won't spoil the surprise. But yeah, that's... Maybe coming out this week, if not next week. We are recording that this week, though. So super excited about that. And big news, too. Uh, we finally hit 200 reviews on Apple Podcasts. It's just a, it's just a week of celebration for Ramstock Radio. Yeah, now we don't have to hear you saying it over and over again. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. <laughs> uh, I mean, hey, if you haven't given us a review, you can still do it. Uh, just to support the show, you won't be entered to win a prize, but, uh, like I can retweet you if you want, <laughs> if that means anything, probably not, but, uh, Hey man, yeah, we will be announcing the winner of that soon. I'm sure. 
Uh, I will leave that to Derek, uh, he, who may or may not be on the 100th episode, so maybe he will be announcing it there. But, uh, yeah, keep, keep an eye out for the for the shows in the feed, and I, either on that episode or on a Ramstock Radio episode with Derek and, and Mike, somebody, somebody will be announcing that soon. So if you're entered to win, we appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate everyone listening and reviewing. Hey, we're at 99 episodes, so... Uh, special shout out if anyone's still around from episode one, uh, which was two years ago, uh, roughly around this time. So, uh, sh- shout out to them if, if they're still here. A hundred episodes is a lot to sit around and listen to us talk about a uh, football franchise. Although I guess you know, during the history of butting heads, we haven't been bad. Uh, it would have been a lot worse ten years ago. Oh yeah, yeah that. I couldn't imagine actually doing a podcast when it was like the one in 15 Rams. Like, oh my God, the, like literally I'd be like, okay, Steven Jackson had a game. Everyone else sucked. <laughs> I, I, I remember I saw some, some pods from, I, I, it was either 2016 or 2017s. But like I, I listened to the first five minutes, and it was just me questioning why the team cut Akeem Ayers, uh, and that gave me a really big laugh. I was like, I can't believe they cut Akeem Ayers. What are they doing? Like, like that was gonna have such a monumental impact on the season. <laughs> was was that cutting? Uh, well, to be fair, it was a it was a odd cut, you know. Yeah. But uh, didn't didn't really matter that was in the 20, grand scheme of things. That was 2016. So I mean. Uh, the not a, a bad season, but I mean, for the for the real OGs who are listening to the podcast on the website, which I doubt anyone is even here from that, uh, it was a good time to listen to Norm rant about firing Jeff Fisher, and then we got it. So it was the <laughs> the olden days of, of the pod. Uh, yeah, we literally used to throw that bad boy on the website, and that was it. We weren't on any feeds. We were. That was that was some amateur hour right there. But look at us now, two hundred reviews. Wow, I never thought we'd we get two hundred. I thought uh, we'd hear Steve, you know, saying the the contest for the next couple more years. So thank you guys. Thank you. You saved us <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah, it's <laughs> been it's been going on for a while and. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad we made it. Uh, well, this week we're going to be doing the top ten defensive players on the current Rams roster. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, we did the top ten offensive players. So uh, definitely check that out. If you didn't, uh, if if you wanna, or if you're just you're just a defensive defense wins championships type type guy, just, <laughs> just don't listen to it. Just only listen to this one. Uh, before that, though, we did want to touch on some some news. It's July 14th as we're recording this. So a very slow news week in the NFL. But obviously uh, sports are starting to come back and we are still dealing with the reality of a pandemic about a virus that, uh, believe it or not, still exists, still out there. Uh, so one thing that's been going on and the Rams the Rams and Chargers are going to be the first teams to, to test this out apparently is mouth shields. Designed by Oakley, uh, that will be distributed and tested to all 32 teams. Uh, reading this from Cam's article on Ramswire, uh, this is a quote from Tim McManus outlining the how the shield would work. 
says safety protocol negotiations are ongoing between the league and players. Currently, there's no mandate to wear the face shield, but the NFL's medical experts are advocating for use of protective equipment. Uh, and the doctor says it's certainly something that we're going to encourage. Uh, and we hope that we're going to land on a product design that's something that everyone would want to wear because they'll see the value and want the additional protection without any detriment to performance. Rams players haven't really uh, voiced much concern about this or the the season, but uh, J.J. Watt said that if this was a league mandate, he's not going to be playing. Uh, and that's that's a pretty big name to be saying that. So what do you, what's your take on this whole thing? I imagine that it's not going to be the most comfortable thing in the world. For anyone that's ever played football before, whether it be in high school or college or whatever, you understand that the equipment that you put on football is very heavy. It's not the most comfortable. I'm sure in the NFL level, it's a, it gets a little better. It gets a little more comfortable with all the expenses and everything. But still, adding unnecessary or quote-unquote unnecessary um, items to the equipment can be a little bothersome. That being said, it's for your safety. You know, the NFL, football in general, is is really a heavily contact sport. And to try and keep yourself safe, while playing the game through, you know, COVID-19 protocol, I don't see why you wouldn't want to wear this. Um, I can respect J.J. Watt's opinion for, you know, him not wanting to wear it. But at the same time, I really don't see the harm in wearing it because, yeah, it might get a little bothersome, but if it's to, if it's to protect you ultimately, I don't see why it's an issue. Yeah, I'm I'm actually looking at a a picture of it and it kind of just looks like a like a little interior piece of the mouth the uh not even the mouth guard, the face mask. Uh so like it it doesn't look like it's something that has to go into your mouth, right? Like it's just kind of on the outside. Based on what I saw, there it it doesn't seem like it would go in your mouth. I think it's exactly like you said, it's just an extra attachment to the um face mask. Now that's not to say it still won't be bothersome because, you know, when you're playing at a high intensity that someone like J.J. Watt is, it will probably affect, you know, things like breathing a little bit. But yeah. still, you know, this is ultimately trying to protect the players as best they can. You know, I think this is a good thing in terms of the NFL actually caring about safety protocol because, in other sports, it's really not as much, you know, it's not really that possible to do something like this. Like, I imagine in, like, the NBA, unless they wear, like, face shields or something, it, it's not as easy to, like, do something like that. So I think this is actually a really good idea, um, and I don't know why you would want to fight that. No, and and in the NBA, too, they're, everybody is in one spot, quarantined together, like literally a guy, they have like a line on the campus at, at Disney where if you step off of it, you have to go into your room for like 10 days and quarantine again. And some somebody stepped off of it to get Postmates the other day and now he's stuck in his room for 10 days. So they're, they're not fucking around. So at least, But like 
the point being is the NFL is not doing that. As as far as we know, they're going to be traveling to every game. Uh, there, there's probably not going to be stand fans. There might be like a little bit. Teams are still working that out, but I mean, I, I'd be pretty surprised. But, you know, because that's the case, because play, teams aren't quarantining, and I mean, you would hope that the the players would be doing their best to be going straight from the field to home. It's not as easy as it sounds for everybody. Uh, and players also might have wives who have to go to work uh, and stuff like that, kids that are going around seeing their parents. You never know. So they're not going to be – you know, they're not going to be in a bubble like the NBA. And I think stuff like this, you know, I, I've said in the pod, like, if there's no season, I think it's the NFL's fault. They've had plenty of times figured out. We did not heard, like, of them doing really anything in terms of player safety. So at least they're trying. Uh, I, I'll, I'll give them that credit here. That That is definitely a positive sign. And I would hope, you know, with what JJ's saying, like, he might not play if that's a thing. I mean – Every player should give this a shot in practice, at the very least. Uh, and if it really uh, is not, it, it's just not cutting it, then, yeah, you don't wear it. Uh, or you don't play, I guess, if, if you want to be crazy. But I, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I think you have to give it a try, at least in practice. Yeah, it, there's no harm in trying the thing out. It. If you're if you're refusing just to refuse, then maybe you should consider just sitting out entirely because <laughs> it, it, it's it's a weird time to play. You know, Let, let's put it that way. It's it's a weird time to play, and the least cooperative you're gonna be, the least chance that you're gonna enjoy playing. So, if it comes down to that, just don't play. You know. Yeah, JJ Watt compared it to a visor he wore in practice one time that he took off after three periods like come on man like come on you you know you know that that's not a fair comparison jj like completely different scenario i understand like it might be the same kind of thing but a tons of players were visors and b you weren't in a pandemic in year two like it wasn't you weren't wearing that for, for public health safety reasons. Like you, he literally said, I was wearing it to look cool. So not the same thing at all. Not like not even <laughs> remotely close. I've never actually, <laughs> never actually heard of someone like trying to wear a visor to be cool, but that's just me. <laughs> Johnny, clearly you didn't play high school football. My friend. I, I did. You and did. like, for yeah, I just I I don't know. Like I can't see trying to wear a visor to be cool. Uh, I mean, I guess for me, I have a big ass dome, so like I uh, visors in general will be uncomfortable on me. So um, yeah, there was visors around, but like I just avoided them because I just find them uncomfortable and. Yeah, if I don't have to wear it, I ain't wear it. I I I didn't wear one either in high school, but it's uh I definitely knew kids that wore it to be cool. And I definitely knew kids that wore it to be cool and had the same thing happen. That happened to JJ Watt. They took it off after like one game because they were fogging up. Uh <laughs> it's <laughs> it's a little different for JJ Watt, a first round pick in year two to be doing that, but hey, it is what it is. And I mean 
come on, let's be honest, man. If you're creating a player in Madden, you're giving that dude a tinted visor. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about yeah, man. It it's, been, it's been a good minute since I've played Madden. Now that I think about it, yeah, same here. Uh, that game has fallen off, but honestly, I might buy it this year just out of sheer boredom. Uh, you know, I don't. Uh, know. Uh, <laughs> Not much else to do right now, so might might get my hands on it, but I. 60 bucks for a game that's probably going to be trash is not not my dream scenario. Anyways, let's let's do top 10 defensive players on the Rams roster this year. A couple new faces, a couple guys that would obviously have been in this list last year departed. Johnny, I'm going to give two predictions here, and I don't know if you're going to disagree. A, I think we're going to have the same group of players in the top 10, not in the same order. But B, I think we're going to have the same exact top four in the same exact order. I have a feeling we're going to have the same top two. You don't think four? <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, Johnny, I would faint if we didn't have the same top two. <laughs> I would, lit- I would oh, literally man. like curl over uh, from confusion. Uh, I'm going to laugh if, if if one of us has like a different top two. Well, joke's on you because Troy Hill is obviously my number two. Uh is that true? You're going to have to listen to the rest of the pod to find out. But uh, let's start at the top. Number 10, who'd you have? So number 10, I felt like is is because uh, like to me, the first nine were like really simple to choose from. It, it actually came off from the top of my head. Um, maybe yeah. not, not maybe not in the order per se, but. You know, I I could think easily of the of the top nine. Number ten, I had to really really think about it for a second, and I ultimately went with Sebastian Joseph Day. And it's kind of interesting because this is a guy that's supposed to be in a reserve role this year after being a starter last year, and I don't think that's really a testament to his ability because I did I do think. Um, Sebastian Joseph Day is in is really talented and to have him as in a reserve role says a lot about our defensive line. You know, he he actually surprised me a little last year. Maybe not perfect per se, but I think he could be a starter on a lot of other teams. So the fact that he's, you know, a backup, I think that's says a lot about our defensive line. So I think he's he's gonna still shine. I imagine he's going to be rotating in and out. And, um, you know, I think Brandon Staley is going to have, you know, a really good defensive lineman uh, to work with as a reserve role. So, yeah, I think I think number 10 uh, goes to Sebastian Joseph Day. Uh, who you got, Steve? I also had Sebastian Joseph Day. So I, th- I think my prediction is going to come true. Honestly, A, I don't really know if there's anyone else I'd even consider for this spot. Like, like I, I agree with everything you just said, like about how the first nine came up pretty easy. But to me, it's like a gap, and then it's Sebastian Joseph Day, and then it's another gap because he's really the only player left on the roster that contributed meaningful things last year. Uh, out of the guys we were talking about, I mean, I'm not gonna put Greg Gaines here, uh, but look, no. Seb- <laughs> Sebastian Joseph Day, yeah, he, he's a good player, man. He was a a really nice surprise last year as a second year guy. 
he he performed fairly well. And I think if either they didn't sign Ashawn Robinson and just kept Michael Brockers or the Michael Brockers thing never happened and we were sitting here with uh, Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, and uh, Sebastian Joseph Day is our line, I, 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 or, or you, you know what I mean. But I, if he's a starter, I think we're fine with it, and I don't think we would look at that as a weak spot on the roster. So, yeah, he in a reserve role, I think he's going to be great. And, you know, it's not – this isn't a new thing for the Rams. You know, you look at the past when, you know, even when we weren't that good with Jeff Fisher, you had a loaded defensive front. You had guys like Will Hayes coming off the bench as a reserve. He was a really good defensive end. So uh, it's nice to kind of get back to that level of depth here at the defensive line position. You know, he's the fourth guy. I, I, I'm feeling great about that. And then hopefully on the ends we could get some contribu- contributions from – like uh, Albo and Terrell Lewis, and, and hopefully would be will be deep all around. But yeah, I, he was a really great surprise last year. I I have high hopes for the future for him, and I think he's going to flourish in this role. So I'm just curious, Steve, who did you, did you have an honorable mention at all? Because I have one, and it, it's it might surprise you a little bit. Uh, let's hear it. I actually I really didn't have one. Uh, I mean, if I had a, if like off the top of my head, maybe Darius Williams. Wow. You know, to tell you the truth, that isn't exactly a bad choice because I feel like Williams is a, is a very underrated player in terms of a backup role, but I'm, I'm actually going with a a rookie here at number 11, at number 11 or an honorable mention. And that's Terrell Lewis. I have a, really good feeling about Terrell Lewis and I don't know if we'll exactly see it this year in terms of his progression or his impact but I really think that Terrell Lewis is going to be a really good player for the Rams I just I couldn't tell you if it's going to be in 2020 or not yeah but, I I like Terrell Lewis a lot I'm I'm excited to see him uh, yeah uh I, really, the only rookie I really even considered for either of these was Cam Akers, who I, I did have on my list. But I, um, yeah, I, I think it's a good choice. I think I think he's going to have a. I, I hope he has a good year. Uh, the pressure is not really on him to be a huge contributor this season, but at the same time, the opportunity is there for him to be a huge contributor if he adapts quickly. And uh, you know, we're gonna. I, I'm assuming we're gonna talk about this starting two edge rushers soon, but he, the opportunity is there for him to, to take those jobs if, if he comes in hot. Very true. Yeah, and I could talk about one now. At number nine, I have Samson Ibukam, a guy who has floated around the Rams for a while, been a starter, been a backup. He's back to a starter this year. Uh, you know, I – I like. I feel like I don't speak highly of him that often, but he is. I feel like when he's on the field, I know what he, I'm gonna get. And like, if if you built the defense, well, and I mean, hey, if he's the ninth best player in the defense this year, I, I think we should feel okay about it. Like that. That's that's pretty good because I think he's like kind of that level of player. Solid defensive end. Not going to win you games, but I don't think he's going to lose you games. Obviously, he he has literally won us games on the past in his defense against the Chiefs. But, yeah, I don't really have much to say about him other than he's a reliable guy. I like having him around. He seems like a great dude uh, and a, a fine player. 
So uh, for my number nine, I'm going to kind of flip it a little bit here and go on the opposite side and say Leonard Floyd. The reason why I have Leonard Floyd at number nine is because this is a guy based on potential who showed some flashes of, of, you know, good playing in, in Chicago, uh, but never really broke, broke out. So I know we kind of compared him a lot to Dante Fowler in terms of his situation. Uh, he's not nearly as talented as Dante Fowler, but he certainly, you know, has a lot of potential there. I feel like he has enough potential to be listed at number five um, or higher. No, nah, maybe not higher. Uh, number five, um, you know, maybe next year if he actually thrives in this type of defense. And the main reason why I have him at number five, at number nine is because we don't know exactly yet how he's going to fit in this uh, defensive scheme. And it could be set up for success for him or it could take him longer. It, it certainly doesn't help that this is kind of an awkward off season. So he doesn't really get the off season that you would normally get in terms of preparation. But I think Leonard Floyd is someone with a lot of potential and he's certainly worthy of being on this list. And I can understand why you would put him a little higher. Um, maybe not much higher, but, uh, I, I think this is a guy that has a ton of potential, though. So, yeah, he's my number nine guy. Yeah, I, I had him at number eight. And I think uh, you you kind of laid out, like, the, the deal here. He's, he's got a lot of potential. He, he's shown a lot of promise as, as a player in his, uh, you know, a short-ish career. At the same time, he was available to us as a former first-round pick for a one-year contract, which for a an edge rusher for as young as he is, that that means you got you got flaws and you're not a perfect player. And I uh, I I just had him at I had a Abu Cam just because I think uh, I don't know I think he's going to walk in and be the starter day one, and and it might be arbitrary, but I feel like that means something. Uh, he'll probably be the alpha on that as an edge rusher, but. Uh, you know, he, we got him for a one-year deal, a, a ten million dollars. I don't really love it, uh, and and to be fair, also like, I I haven't watched this guy play every snap for four years, so some people might know more than I know about him, whether that's worse or better than where I ranked him. But I I feel like the range we have him in feels right. Uh, if the Rams were to do it again this off season, I don't know if they would sign him to be honest, but he's here. And I think, I think they are fairly excited, fairly excited to have him. And I, uh, yeah, I hope, I hope it works out. I, I hope he really, uh, pulls the Dante Fowler and earns himself a big payday next year, whether it's here or not. But, uh, it's hard, it's hard to predict right now. And with, like you said, with the, with the weird off season, you never know. So I'll, I'll go ahead and jump into my number eight, just because it, it's Samson Hubukam. Um <laughs> so we kinda had it flipped there. Uh but Samson is exactly what Steve said. Someone that's a decent player, someone that's a all around reliable player at, at times. Uh he's not perfect by any means, but he's someone that you're glad to have 
I don't know if I want him to be a permanent starter, but he is someone that I'd be okay with him stepping up, especially considering all of the players we lost this past season. So I I actually think he's a tad underrated too. I, I feel like he's always overlooked for some reason. And I think it's fared him just fine. You know, it certainly helped in the Kansas city game, as you mentioned. And, uh, for me, I, I think the only reason why at this moment I have him ranked a little bit higher than Leonard Floyd is because we've seen what he can do with the Rams. And Floyd is still kind of a bit of a mystery, you know, both on the Rams and in the NFL in general. So I, I think that's kind of why I have him ranked above. But F- Floyd can certainly be above Ibu Cam as soon as we... uh see how it plays out. It's very possible that he might be more of a better fit for the, uh, for the Rams than Ibukam even is. So yeah, that's why I have him at number eight. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, I, 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 I think you nailed it. And I, I wouldn't really argue with flipping them. I, like you said, he's been here, uh, and he's, he's fairly reliable. So yeah, I, and I will say this, Johnny, you mentioned he was underrated. Uh, I'm pretty sure that I saw he has a better Madden rating than Jared Goff. Does he really? I think uh, Jared Goff's the 76, which has been a hot topic uh, on Twitter. And I believe, I will, I will try and confirm this during the show, but I believe Samson Ibukam was an 80. Which is not wow. bad. Yeah, not That's- I, that's uh, I don't know. I don't know about either of those ratings. To be honest, I oh man. So the golf rating is like a tad too low. Maybe not hugely low. It's not like Chris Sims low, but you know, I I, I can live with that one. Samson Ibukam, I feel like is a little on the high side. You know, at eighty, I'm okay with it. I'm sure he is too. Yeah, but I mean, he's gotta uh, be thrilled, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um not to hopefully we get an eighty out of him. <laughs> I, I would lo- I would be thrilled with an eighty from him. Uh and not to pivot too hard. Quarterbacks were rated a little lower this year. Like uh Aaron Rodgers is only an eighty nine. Uh Carson Wentz was an eighty four. So Gop is still a little bit on the lower side, but in other years a seventy six would be a lot more damning. Like Joe Burrow is a seventy six, uh which they probably shouldn't be the same rating, but for the number one pick quarterback being a seventy six, it's not like I feel like on a on a usual year it would be that would be like an eighty one. Uh <laughs> there's my matter rant. Anyways, number seven, Johnny, who who you got here? I, I got a feeling I know who you have and mine might be different. So at number seven I went with the Sean Robinson. Was that who you were thinking? Yep, I act. I have him a little higher. I have my number six. <laughs> so, so Sean Robinson, I, I really feel like this guy is going to be one of the key X factors of this defense because he he's that talented, and if he could stay healthy, which was basically his biggest issue in Detroit, if he could stay healthy. This is going to be a lethal defensive line, let me tell you. Um, 
basically the number one guy is is one of the reasons that'll help him even be more lethal. So, Ashawn Robinson, I I I really think he's gonna make an impact not only for the defensive line, but I feel like he's gonna help pressure um, quarterbacks to the point where you're gonna basically have them like making lives easier for the defensive uh the defensive backfield so i i think there's not really enough good things to say about the guy like i i the reason why i have him at number seven is again he's a newcomer so the problem with newcomers is while they have all the potential in the world they may not exactly you know feel as comfortable in in the defensive scheme we we also have a new defensive coordinator so that's also kind of something to keep in mind as well. But I think he's talented enough for sure that he could potentially go above seven and maybe even higher into the top 10 if he comes back next year. So, yeah, uh, I think number seven is a is a fair ranking for him. I, I wouldn't argue him being number six either, though. So, Steve, I'm real curious now who your number seven is. Uh, I will talk about Ashawn first. Uh, he's my number six, so I might as well get him out of the way. He's I, – I, the more I, like, look into the signing, the more happy I am about it. He is – he's a very good run defender. Like, that's that's his strength. That's his bread and butter. Pass, pass rushing is not not as consistent. But when you're joining a team with Aaron Donald and, and with Michael Brockers back, I think it's going to benefit him greatly because maybe we do just use him on – on early downs specifically as a run defender, maybe he subs out for Sebastian Joseph day on third downs or, or another guy or any, something like that. But this, yeah, I think he's walking into a really, really good situation for him. And I, I think he's going to thrive last year. Wasn't his best year, but he had a really good uh, 2018 graded out really highly on PFF that year. Uh, his stats don't like jump off the page. And you mentioned he's dealt with injuries uh, and you know, we, he, he didn't get a massive contract with us, but he does not do sexy things like a a strict, a really like a really good run defender who doesn't get who doesn't pack any sacks. Basically, you know that guy's not going to command a lot of money unless he's like an an all timer in in that regard. And Asia Arms is not, but I think he's a good player, so uh, I am excited to have him. And he was number six, number seven, uh, and I'm I'm obviously up a little higher. I had Taylor Rapp. Okay. Yeah. Ta- Interesting. Ta- Taylor Rapp. I mean, uh, overall, last year, very, very solid. He he had some, he had some flare ups. Uh, obviously, most notably, gave up a basically a game losing play against the Forty ers But as we've litigated a lot on this podcast, you can't blame a game on one play ever in football. There's a lot that happens in sixty minutes. But uh, yeah, man, I love T Rap. I'm really excited about him. Uh, I probably would have had him ahead of Ashawn Robinson, but like making my list for the pot, I just got really giddy about Ashawn. Uh, but yeah, I think T. Rap is going to step into Eric Weddle's role and and thrive. Last year, he was originally kind of playing that secondary linebacker, third safety role, and then he had to step up uh, to replace John Johnson when he got hurt. And I think he did step up. And I might be I might be too low here. Saying it out loud as seventh, it feels a little low, but uh, it's not not a knock on him. I, I really like Taylor Rapp. I think he's going to have a nice year. I, I don't think it's uh, too, too low. I, I, I imagine even if you had him 
any higher. It would only be one space, which is brings me to my number six guy, which is Taylor Rapp. Now, the reason why I have him ahead of Ashawn Robinson is really for one very crucial thing, and that's his versatility. So one of the things that the Rams have kind of set themselves up for, especially after drafting guys like uh, Terrell Burgess and Jordan Fuller, I feel like they set themselves up so that they can use Taylor Rapp in an even more versatile role. So obviously his his main job will be to take over Eric Whittle's spot at strong safety. And I don't think that's going to be an issue. However, I do think that he's going to still occasionally go in that hybrid linebacker role. And Rapp's going to be a key part of this defense. So that's kind of one of the reasons why I, I kind of, you know, kept him at a little bit of a higher pace than Ashawn Robinson. And let's not forget, Taylor Rapp was a rookie last year, and he still played pretty damn well. You know, he he wasn't perfect, as, as Steve said. You know, he had a lot of growing pains. But I think that that's just going to – he's going to improve over time. And let's hope he, you know, continues to improve and – be uh, even more of a key part of this defense. So, yeah, I, I really like Taylor Rapp a lot, and I, I think he's going to be a crucial part of this defense in 2020. And honestly, I think that, that you know, I think they're going to want him in that hybrid linebacker role more than than they want him in the safety role. The problem is who's going to play that safety role? We we don't know yet. If, if one of the, if, uh, you know, somebody like Terrell Burgess or somebody else, maybe even like, dare I say, Nick Scott, Probably shouldn't say Nick Scott, but if uh, if somebody can step into you know Weddle's role and and play the safety position fine, I I think they like Rap better at that linebacker position, uh, just because he's a really he's a really strong tackler, and I think that's where they'd want him. But they can't you can't have a guy who you can't trust uh, in the other safety role next to Johnson, and so we'll see if if somebody emerges and plays really well there, I think they will bump Rap up to that that secondary linebacker spot full-time, especially considering what we have at linebacker. I mean, we're going to finish this list and not have a single inside linebacker on it uh, for either of us. Like, I I might walk off the podcast and leave if you have an inside linebacker in the top five at this point. Uh, Yeah, yeah. that was one of my guys. Well, I I think we're going to both have the same number five here, Johnny. Who do you have? Uh, I don't think I'm going to have the same number five guy. I'm going to roll but... over if you don't, because this might be an all-time moment. <laughs> number five, I have Michael Brockers. Okay, I'm not even going to mention my number five until we get there, but let's talk about Michael Brockers, uh, who I had at number four. <laughs> so, number five, I have Michael Brockers because Michael Brockers is is somebody that was highly coveted in this past free agency, I mean, the Ravens wanted him in, until like a, you know, basically a physical scare. Um, I, that That's so odd how that worked in the Rams' favor, basically like Roger Saffold. Mm-hmm. But Michael Brockers has been one of the most crucial aspects of the Rams' defense. He certainly 
isn't in, in the prime of his career anymore, although last year he did have a resurgence. Um, so that's kind of amazing. But I don't expect him to play on, continue to play on a higher, higher level as he gets older. Um, unfortunately, it's a fact of life that as you age, you know, you're going to deteriorate in terms of your play. And so as far as Michael Brockers goes, I, I think with a Sean Robinson, that'll relieve some things with Brockers. But I still think that I, I can't rank him any higher because I think he's going to basically have the same role, but maybe not play as in a higher level. So for me, that's why I kept him at number five. Still a pretty high ranking and, to tell you the truth, I don't know if you could go any higher than four because the, I mean, to put him in the top three, I think would be a little too high, but that's just me. And Steve has already mentioned that uh, Brockers is his number four guy. So, uh, Steve, did you want to touch on Brockers being your number four guy before going to your number five? Yeah, yeah. Let, let me say, I don't, uh, I, I, I am fine with you ranking him behind my number five. Uh, and also, I, I do think that, like, I, I wouldn't make it, but you could make the case that he'd be number three. Uh, I think that's as high as you can rank him without feeling insane. Uh, but I, I wouldn't. Obviously, I didn't. I had him at number four. Uh, but, yeah, man, he – really, you say he he's regressed a little bit. Really, I think, uh, you know, I it was really only 2018 where he didn't play that great. And maybe that was just because he, he felt out of position. He didn't like playing next to Nanamakan Uh Who knows? Uh, but that was real. Like, other than that, he, he's been fairly consistent and fairly reliable and a great uh, guy to have next to Aaron Donald for his entire career. And that includes the old 4-3 scheme, the new 3-4 scheme. Both, both scenarios, he's, he's been great next to Aaron Donald. It was just 2018 uh, where he really kind of stunk it up. Not like stunk it up, but wasn't great. Uh, and he did bounce back last year. And look, it fell apart with the Ravens. It was a very weird off season. You know, he might have never even went there for a physical. But um, he's he's back here, and I, I I think we're happy about it. The fact that he was even getting offered a three year, thirty million dollar contract by a big time contender. Uh, you know, I would say one of the two best teams in the league. Uh, it, that says a lot, and I. I, I like him. I think he's going to be consistent. I think having Robinson and Sebastian Joseph Day next to him is going to benefit him. He won't. He probably won't have to play as much, uh, which for a guy getting up there in age and – wow, he's only 29, man. I thought he was like 31. Uh, that's crazy. Wow, I didn't know that either. Yeah, I mean, he's been in the league for a long time, so it's he, he's on the older side of, of 29, but uh, – yeah, man, he's I, I I like him a lot, and I yeah I think he's clearly in this three to five range. Uh, I like my ranking, but who do you have at number four? Uh, I I would really be shocked if this is my number five guy. <laughs> at number four, I have Troy Hill. We have reached the point in podcast history where Johnny ranks Troy Hill. Ahead of Michael Brockers. And honestly, Johnny, if it wasn't, if, if like, I don't think I've fully gotten over my Troy Hill stigma because I, I like, I couldn't do it. Like, I looked at it. I wanted to rank him ahead of Michael Brockers, but I couldn't bring myself to do it. But yeah, man, he, what a 360 for Troy Hill. And we have him 
on like an insanely good contract this year. And I'm pretty sure he's on the books for next year uh, at the same $2 million number. Uh, Let's be real. If he plays like he did this year, he's not playing for $2 million next year. There's absolutely no way he doesn't hold out or demand a trade or for a new contract. Uh, But guy killed it last year. You could argue uh, and pro football focus graded him out. You could argue he was better than Jalen Ramsey while they were both here. That's like an actual debate you can have. Uh, obviously, we both had Jalen Ramsey ahead of him. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to act like Troy Hill's a more talented guy, but wait, he was great last year. He was really, really great last year, and I hope he can carry over that momentum into 2020 because he will be a huge part of this defense. And if he does that, he's going to get paid uh, probably in 2021. Absolutely. Uh, the the thing about Troy Hill is <laughs> if if you listen to this podcast for a long time, you'll you'll know that I've been an advocate of actually cutting Troy Hill on multiple occasions. And um, to to be honest, I still stand by them because at the time he simply wasn't that good, and it could have been more of a testament to the type of you know the type of system it was or the type of players around him or you know just him just adjusting to the league cornerback is not an easy position to learn right away especially at an elite level going up against elite you know wide receivers in the league so kudos to Troy Hill to continue to develop and becoming one of the more unsung heroes on the team you know, and I'm glad that he's starting to get notoriety, um, especially from Pro Football Focus. You know, for Pro Football Focus to notice you, especially not being a huge name, that's big. That's huge. So, yeah. in a way, I've never been happier to be wrong. You know, it, <laughs> I I'm not always right, and this is evidence of it. So, I, I'll happily eat my fair show of crow here because i you know this was certainly a player that i was just ready to give up on and for the rams coaching staff sean mcveigh uh even less need to an extent you know i have to say kudos because they kept a really good gem here and as steve mentioned on a ridiculously affordable contract so if he continues to shine, he's definitely going to get paid. And I, I think he's going to – I think this is going to be a huge year for him, especially, like I said, this, this may not be a perfect defense inside linebackers, evidence of that. But considering the defensive line and the solid secondary that there is, this – I'm not too worried about the defense, to be honest. I, I'm really not. And Troy Hill is going to be one of the reasons why I'm not worried. Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll see how inside linebacker goes. But yeah, man, it's if if the defensive line in the secondary can perform at an elite level, they will get around the hole at inside linebacker. Even if like everyone ends up sucking, like even if they're all bad, uh, which I hope doesn't happen. But even if that happens, if if the secondary and the defensive line play at a you know top five ish level. Uh, if it's secondary, realistically, it's probably more of a top 10 expectation. They're going to be fine, and they're going to be a good defense. But, yeah, man, it's been a huge turnaround for Troy Hill. 
Uh, he went from, you know, he played a lot in 2016, and he was honestly awful. Uh, like, that's really, I think, when the Troy Hill hate started. Uh, but slowly and surely, he, you know, he earned his way back into good graces. I think in in 2018, he, he played all right, filling in for uh, Akeem Tlaib. Wasn't great, wasn't terrible. Uh, then last year, man, blew, blew it out of the roof, and in the process— Underrated fact about Troy Hill, he made $52,000 just for selling his jersey twice because he sold it to Eric Weddle when he came, switched to number 20, then he had to sell it to Jalen Ramsey when he came. So uh, a good year for Troy Hill. Man, I wish I could make $52,000 just selling a number. (laughs) Incredible. Uh, And I, I do not blame him at all for doing it. Uh, number three, and uh, I feel like, you know, I thought we were going to have the top four the same, but you threw me off with Troy Hill, and I love it. Uh, but I think we're going to be the same from here on out. Number three, I have John Johnson. <laughs> uh, I have somebody different. Me. I have somebody different there, Steve. No, you don't. I have Micah Kaiser. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm just playing. I have John man, Johnson. I, okay. <laughs> I <laughs> I am rooting for the best for Micah Kaiser this year, and I really hope he cracks the list. Uh, just wanted to throw that out there. I, I laughed. I feel like I laughed, like, meanly at the thought of Micah Kaiser <laughs> being three. Uh, but, hey, man. We really liked Michael Kaiser coming out of college, and he like he just hasn't gotten a chance. And he got injured last year. He probably would have been the starter. We'll see what happens. Uh, he was the only inside linebacker on the team, I would guess, that even sniffed this list. Like, even a little... little but, and I... And he hasn't even played, so good for him. Uh, but, yeah. John, John Johnson. Injuries cut his season short last year, uh, and... Truth be told, he he wasn't at his best when he was playing last year, but uh, Guy was an absolute fucking monster in 2018, uh, and I think he will play that well this year. He's first year, he's not playing alongside you know a veteran safety, uh, which is gonna be he, he's he's a leader in the secondary now. I mean, it's uh, J- Jalen Ramsey is gonna be. You know the leader, so to say, but he he's gonna have a big role. Uh, Eric Weddle called the defense last year, so I don't know who's gonna call the defense this year. Maybe it is John Johnson, but uh, I don't have much to say about him. And he, you could tell just when when you watch him play, he's a damn good football player. What what I like about John Johnson is the dude's instinctual, and. I feel like that's part of one of the reasons why he's been such an effective safety when he's healthy. And while he may have not had a great 2019 season, mainly due to injuries, I, I have to say, John, John Johnson, I'm he's when he's out there on the field, you always feel better about the team than when he's not on the field. And it was clearly evident that he wasn't on the field you know throughout the 2019 season so while Taylor Rapp did a fine job in in you know replacing him 
it would have been much better to have him there as your starting safety. So for me, John Johnson has that kind of an effect. While I don't know if having him throughout the entire season would have changed the 9-7 and seven outcome, I do know that it certainly would have helped and could have possibly won a few games if he's out there. He's that impactful of a player. So if we have a healthy John Johnson in 2020, this is going to be a very scary defense in terms of the secondary. I, I really feel that strongly about John Johnson. Yeah, and let's let's be real. We, we might have had a little different opinions about this guy, but Eric Weddle did not live up to expectations for me, like, at all. Uh, so, yeah, John Johnson was missed, and Taylor Rapp played well, but it, it, we would have been a lot better off with the three of them um, mi- mixing it up back there. He, and it's funny when he came here, too. Uh, sorry, we were really excited about Mo Alexander. He had, like, that one flash-in-the-pan great season, and John Johnson just took, took that spot right from him. Uh, after after Mo didn't play great, but uh, John Johnson earned that spot, and then obviously 2018 he was incredible. So yeah, it, we're gonna be a lot better off with him on the field than without him, and uh, it's boding well that three out of the top four guys in your top four were secondary players. So that's it's gonna be a strength of the team for sure. Yeah, you. You having this much depth, and like you even said, you even had Darius Williams, who is an honor, uh, potential honorable mention. I, I, you know, to tell you the truth, I, I think there's a lot to be said about that. He is a very underrated player, and I and I hope to see him get a little more snaps because of that. So, you know, if you really think about it, the Rams are pretty set in terms of the secondary. I, I really like that. I think there's a lot of potential rookies in there that can make an impact there. So I'm I'm really looking forward to defensively how the Rams like like I said this was a much easier list to compile than the offense. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I was surprised. I thought it would be a little harder, but uh you know, the top 9 even, even Joseph Day, I mean, the whole top 10, I, I feel pretty good about all these players except maybe Leonard Floyd, but uh, but who knows there. And even that we still ranked him pretty high, but yeah, we are going to need somebody to fill Nickel Roby Coleman's spot. I think that's a little underrated of a subject. Honestly, we probably should have just kept him, but that's another another topic for another day. Uh, David Long, we didn't even mention. A guy we like coming out of college. Didn't really get a chance last year. Maybe he fills that spot. Uh, we'll see, man. But speaking of cornerbacks, number two, I'm going to assume we both have Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jalen Ramsey, man. So, last year was his fourth season, and he made the Pro Bowl, and everyone was like, he really deserved to make the Pro Bowl this year. And I just want to say, like, if if you, when you get to the point where you make Pro Bowls and All-Star games, and everyone's like, well, they just chose him because, you know, he's so-and-so, that means that you are, like, a goddamn legend. Uh, you know, it's happened with, like, guys like Russell Westbrook in the NBA. Uh, you know, he doesn't have that great of a year, but you put him in the All-Star game because he's Russell Westbrook. Jalen Ramsey hit that point in year four, man, on a different on a year where he got traded. They still threw him in the Pro Bowl because, shit, man, it's Jalen Ramsey. You got to have him in the Pro Bowl. Uh, I know that's like a silly way to show like like how just good of a player this guy has been. 
Uh, and last year, you know, he comes in midseason. I I think, you know, me our he didn't live up to his sky high expectations, but he was good. Uh, and with a you know with a new coach with a full year to adjust, even if the camp's going to be a little weird. I don't expect him to play like he did in 2017, but I do expect him to be playing at a legitimate Pro Bowl level, not like last year. So the thing about Ramsey is I, I think that, like Steve said, when, when you command that much respect and it's given to you, that says something about your skills. And Jalen Ramsey is certainly up there. You know, whether or not you believed he had a, you know, Pro Bowl season or not is kind of beside the point. It, it shows how good of a player he can be. Now, for for people that are kind of skeptical or doubting a little bit about this guy, as much as I like Troy Hill and respect pro football focus, I don't know if I would necessarily rank him above Jalen Ramsey just because I think Ramsey is a really, really talented player. And one of the things about Ramsey that you don't really, you didn't really see much of last year is first of all, he went from two completely different defensive schemes played on the week. He got traded by the way. That's, that's amazing. They they were like, okay, go out there and play, and he and he still did pretty damn well. And on top of that, he was fighting some injuries. Whether or not you believe the injuries in Jacksonville were real or not, I'm kind of skeptical there myself. But he actually had a few injuries uh, going on throughout the season with the Rams. So some of it he played through. There was one game he wasn't able to play. One game, right? Yeah, I think he missed one game, and uh, I don't remember if it was the last game or not, but he also definitely missed the last game, so maybe two. Or maybe, no, I actually think it just was the last game he didn't play him. Yeah, I think I think it was just one game. But, uh, yeah, as far as Ramsey is concerned, I think that Ramsey is going to show everyone that he's going to be worth every dollar of his next contract whether it be with the Rams or whether it be with another team. Hopefully it's with the Rams. Otherwise, the investment in him was not worth it. But, um, yeah, this is going to hopefully be something that the Rams can work out before, you know, the season ends and he's going to command, like, buco bucks even more. Yeah, it's... uh... We might have to relitigate that trade on a future show because, you know, if he re-signs in a vacuum, like, yeah, it's probably fine. Uh, It's a good trade. He's a really good player. But when you factor in former Butting Heads intro spokesman Marcus Peters and how well he played in Baltimore, which he wasn't technically part of the trade, but he was part of the trade for us at least, uh, it makes that trade a little more interesting. But... Yeah, I, I'm excited to see what we get out of Ramsey. And obviously, number one, we both have Aaron Donald. Uh, if not, Johnny, I, I'm quitting the podcast. Uh, but, like, what more needs to be said about the man at this point? Just enjoy watching him play. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm only 26, but not counting quarterbacks, he may be the best football player I've ever watched in my entire life. 
and I wouldn't be shocked if 30 years from now I say the same thing. He's, you know, in six years he's compiled just an unbelievable, uh, you know, catalog of stats and accolades and just the the whole nine yards. Uh, he's really like it's gotten to the point where people, if you're not, people not named Skip Bayless who are the people who type look are the type to like look at stats and say, well, he's not getting that many sacks uh, or that many tackles. Uh, you look at him and you say, well, I know that dude is a fucking baller and potentially the best player in the entire league. Uh, and he may never get to 20 and a half sacks again. It's unbelievable that he did that. He may never even sniff it again, but uh, you know, every time, like if this guy is on your football team, you have a chance to win the game, no matter who you're playing in my book at this point. Uh, he's become that good and he can, he can turn a game, the weight of a game like that. I mean, he, the year he got 20 and a half sacks, he was getting double teamed, something like 70% of plays as an interior defensive lineman. He almost set the sack record getting double teamed every play. Uh, I just, I can't wait to watch the rest of this guy's career and I hope he spends it all with the Rams. Yeah. The, I mean, Aaron Donald is, you know, you you know, you know for a fact, like whenever you're watching a player and you can sit there and just admire his play and think to yourself, this guy's going to be a future Hall of Famer. You kind of saw that immediately from Aaron Donald. And it, it's kind of funny because Steve and I kind of brought this up, you know, at, as as kind of a semi joke that this guy was going to be a future hall of famer in his like first year or two, but we kind of in the back of our minds already knew that this was a very real possibility only for him to just prove it even more. And I, I'm still amazed that this guy gets quadruple teamed. I've never seen that at all. And I mean, I'm sure it might've happened before, but to see that from a defensive tackle being quadruple team like that, that's legendary. If you have to have four men to make sure he doesn't get to your quarterback, damn, like, what What do you do, you know? Uh, no doubt about it, Aaron Donald's the best defensive player on the Rams. He's no doubt about it, the best defensive player in the league. I don't care what anybody says. And you could even make an argument that he might be the best player in the league. Um, I think I would make that argument. Although uh, Patty Mahomes, the $500 million man, makes it a little difficult with, I'm sure, a lot of non-Rams fans. But, I mean, I'd say he's he's the best in the league. And look, man, yeah, the future Hall of Famer thing, if he retired today, he'd get in the Hall of Fame. I, I, I No doubt. He, yeah, I think he definitely would. Uh, he's made the Pro Bowl every year he's been in the league. He's only played like six years. Made it every year. Uh, he's a five-time first-team All-Pro. Only year he didn't make it was his rookie year. Led the league in sacks as an interior defensive lineman in a 3-4 scheme, which is just like, which is literally just straight-up nonsense that he had 20 sacks uh, in that in that situation. Uh, two-time defensive player of the year. I, I mean, the guy, the guy's a fucking monster, man. He... I, I do he's he's twenty nine too. It's nuts he's the same age as Michael Brockers. But uh yeah, man, I mean I think at least we have another three years of him playing at a first team all pro level. Maybe not three years of him being 
the best player in football. And I, I think he, he I, I just, I don't see him slowing down uh, really anytime soon. Uh, and he, he just, he's that good. Who, so just to kind of wrap it up, if we ranked the entire team, how long would it take you before you ranked an offensive player? Hmm. That I I guess if I had to, because ultimately our number one player, both of us, uh, our number one player was Robert Woods. Yep. So I definitely wouldn't rank him above Aaron Donald, and I definitely wouldn't rank him above Jalen Ramsey. You you could make an argument for John Johnson, but I don't know if I would rank him at number three. So I would probably put him at the number four spot. Yeah, I I think I think I'd have Woods at three and Johnson at four. But yeah, right right around that range for me too. Uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting turn for for the team that we've gotten to that point that an offensive player might not even be in the top three. Uh, but it, these guys are good, and and that's not even a discredit to Robert Woods. Uh, but yeah, it's if Ramsey if Ramsey plays at even like ninety percent of his twenty seventeen form. It doesn't really matter what the rest of the guys do. It's going to be an insanely good defense, uh, and and there are a lot of other good players around them. So, uh, you know, you you make there there's arguments in sports and how it's in basketball. It's a lot. It's like, do you want to pay max money or big time money to like this guy, or would you rather play three players like the same amount of money? If you can get that output out of Jalen Ramsey, I would rather pay Jalen Ramsey and. Look at Aaron Donald. Would I rather pay four players $7 million a year or whatever would make up his contract? Hell fucking no. <laughs> Give me this guy every day. Uh, we're, we're lucky that – and look, credit to Les Snead, man. That wasn't an easy pick to sell at the time, drafting Aaron Donald. And that has been his magnum opus at this point. Uh, like, what, what – that – that sealed his career. You know, he if he didn't make that pick, he might have gotten fired, given the Greg Robinson pick. So, and I think we talked about that a while back on the draft pods. But yeah, we're <laughs> we're lucky to have him. Uh, yeah, you got any final thoughts? Just that only at, at least at the taping of this podcast, there's nine days left until we get baseball. Oh. Go Dodgers! Shout out to the Marquette Golden Eagles alumni team. Just took home the title in the TBT, baby, the basketball tournament. Million dollars to my fellow alums. <laughs> everyone, everyone in Los Angeles area is like, who? <laughs> hey, Jameel Wilson was on the team, former Clipper. Darius Johnson who? Odom, former Laker. Who? <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> baseball, dude. Soon, uh, we are gonna have a lot of sports. Uh, I saw a schedule for like August third, and there was literally like twenty games, uh, from three different leagues. Because hockey's coming back too, uh, basketball obviously, and then baseball. It's gonna be fun. It's about time. Uh, I'm excited for it. Uh, but we will see you guys next time on the hundredth episode. Uh, butting heads. Thank you guys for listening. 
coming with us along the way. And uh, follow us on Twitter at Sierra at Johnny Fountain 6, at Talk Rams, and we'll talk to you soon. I don't really think I'm an idiot most of the time. control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.